0: Welcome to the podcast of Inspiring Women in Hospitality. I'm Noreen Ahmed, your host. Each episode, I invite a woman from the hospitality industry to share her story with us, why she got into hospitality, her journey so far, her learnings, and who inspires her. On this episode, we hear from Caroline, recorded in December 2022. We discussed her revenue management career in hospitality and her journey to her second professional life. All right, we're now recording. Hello, everyone. Noreen here. Today I have with me Caroline. Am I saying that right? Or is it Caroline in French?
1: <laughs> yeah, in French, it's Caroline. But it's okay. Yeah, you can yeah, call me uh, Caroline.
0: I would struggle with that pronunciation. This is the thing with french. i've I've learned it. It's my pronunciation that always always defeats me. So <laughs> I ask for forgiveness in advance. <laughs>
1: it's fine. You can use Caroline or Caroline. It's always better than my last name anyway. More complicated.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you very much,
0: Nareen. So tell us a little bit more about yourself.
1: Okay, well, uh, no, thank you very much for for the interview. I'm uh, very honored to be on your podcast and video recording. Um, I'm Caroline Zwierz, so I come. My parents are Polish, uh, that's why my name is uh, is complicated. I have uh, worked for twelve years in hospitality. I think that's why uh, we also got in touch together. <laughs> Um, and before that, I started my career um, working for Deloitte uh, in Spain. I'm French, but I started my career in Spain since I uh, ended my studied uh, studies there. Uh, however, after two years of auditing, I was not that fond of it. So I reminded myself what I was aiming to, to do when I was a bit younger. Um, I think with my family, we were traveling a bit at the time. My dad was uh, was uh, yeah traveling a, a little. We were in hotels and stuff like that. I saw um, I saw um, a documentary about École Hotelière de Lausanne. So I was like, wow, I love it. I'm I'm speaking. It was like 25 years ago, even even more. <laughs> Thirty years ago, maybe, um, and uh, and so I decided to do a master at uh, EHL at the time. So it was a fourteen months uh, path at the in twenty ten, and after that I did my career in hospitality in revenue management. So I started to work in Singapore uh, for two years and a half. Uh, in revenue management department. And after that, I moved to India. I worked for Starwood. I was working for two Westin hotels. It was one of my best, uh, my favorite experience, I will say. Um, And after two years there, we decided to get closer to the family with my husband. So we moved to London because uh, everybody is in France. And uh, in London, I worked for Hilton for two years in revenue management department. And after that, my husband got an opportunity to go back to Asia. And it was a good time for for us actually to to move again. Uh, We had our first kid uh, in 2016. So we moved uh, at the end of 20, when did we move in 2017? So we were in Hong Kong and after Hong Kong, I came back to France and i uh i worked for accor until uh 2021 so in paris and uh in 2021 it was well everybody knows it was the middle of covid hospitality was down everybody was in a bad mood, or you know, the smile was missing, and all this stuff. So um, I was at the time. You stop me when uh, when you have any questions.
0: Huh? Keep going, keep going.
1: <laughs> okay, great. So um, at the time, I was also I just had my second uh, my second uh, kid, so my son, and I was listening to a podcast about maternity in France. And this lady was also doing a training on podcasting. So I did the training in December 2020 and decided to do a a podcast on hospitality, a bit like you. Uh, It was a hotelier around the world. It was to give back kind of a smile uh, for hoteliers during this uh, dumb period of COVID. And I did that from January to June, 2021. So it was, it was also for me to reconnect with my network because I kept very good relation with more or less all the people I worked with. So I really like that. And I was missing speaking in English. You can hear, I have a very strong French accent. I will use always the same vocabulary, but I still really like to speak in English. <laughs> and so it was really, a uh, yeah, something I wanted to do in English and to reconnect. And to give back the smile uh, with inspiring stories so it was always uh, the same kind of path in the interviews but for them to share the best memories in in hospitality but also their best holidays just to remind ourselves we were traveling at the time (laughs) and we will travel again which is happening now so that's great and um, it gave me the opportunity to reconnect with EHL, with Ecole de Lausanne, for which I'm doing a few works uh, here and there. So I'm working on the conference for the alumni department, uh, which I really enjoy. Um, and yeah, that's about it.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much for that introduction. And yeah, it's funny, like sometimes, you know, from all the recordings that I've done, you know, even when sometimes someone goes away from hospitality like you did you know you started your career in Deloitte if this is something that you're meant to do it will find its way back for you in Mm -hmm. hospitality Um, I just for me it was very much I never really thought about any other career besides hospitality for myself yeah Um, and you're still doing it and I'm still doing it yes yes uh, and for me, it was not so much a documentary that I saw uh, about EHL, but uh, it was in a, a Swiss magazine that my parents got um, that was advertising the university. And I went for a visit and I kind of knew that this was the place I was going to go. I didn't really apply for anything else.
1: Yeah, same here. <laughs> if it happens, it happens. If not, well, I'll continue being an yeah. editor. <laughs>
0: I think my plan was I was going to go and work and then apply again like six months later or something like that because I knew I didn't want to go anywhere else. (laughs) So after doing your your master's you, you went into revenue management why revenue management I mean you could have chosen I mean there's so many career paths in hospitality what was it about revenue management that you wanted to do in that area?
1: yeah that's a that's a good question because i left auditing because i felt like the auditors were going into companies and asking every year the same question to the same people the newbies were asking again (laughs) to the people uh, about the accounts and stuff and we were not really liked And uh, so I went to hospitality because I thought it was a nice uh, industry. Everybody was very friendly and all the staff, all the departments were getting along well with each other. And since I was good with numbers, I started in revenue management because I like this uh, kind of um, analyzing the numbers, taking strategic decisions, working with... Um, with the systems I really like the systems that um, big companies are using and then I realized revenue management department is not one of the departments that is the (laughs) the most liked in the in the hospitality industry I'm like oh I left (laughs) for revenue and nobody likes me so I also um, I also uh, thought to myself okay I need to not to educate other departments, but to tell them what we're doing. It's not just we're not overbooking to, to give more work to the front uh, office department. Exactly, yeah. We are not selling uh, more expensive to annoy sales departments. So um, it's also something that I like to do to, to train them on what we are actually doing uh, and what it brings to the hotel and to them as well. So it's something that I really enjoy uh, doing too. But yeah, all the strategic part, um, working with other departments, uh, educating them uh, about what it's all about, revenue management. Uh, and also having a team. I had my first team in India. So that re- was really great. I, was, uh, I had a team of reservation and revenue. So I really enjoyed it and uh, and yeah, I think that's why I went to to revenue for all those uh, all the things.
0: Yeah, I went into revenue for sort of similar reasons, um, because I was always good with numbers, but I mm-hmm. never admitted to myself that I was good with numbers. I thought I wanted to do operations. I I love the F and B interacting with the guests, you know, all that kind of stuff. But then I actually was good with numbers and I like working on Excel and, you know, playing with it and understanding, you know, how it all works and how it all fits together. And yeah, some things that you said there were really good. Yes, perhaps it's not the most like, but it doesn't have to be that way. You know, I think if you give them context if you communicate well with them i think the entire hospitality ecosystem is just about collaboration you know one of us never works in silo you know the housekeeping team cannot work without the front desk the front desk without the and B without you know the back of house without the revenue guys you know every accounting you know you name it you know everyone has has a role to play and the more that we can collaborate with one another you know the more important it is and and I agree with, you know, for me also I had a similar experience with when it came to like working with a team, you know, I just, that was a whole new experience again for me too, right? It was about, you know, being their leader, guiding them, being their coach, mentor, whatever it looked like, and giving them autonomy and having that sense of accomplishment that they they had with it. What was that experience like for you becoming a manager and having a, having a team?
1: Uh, well, this experience in India was not the easiest one, but maybe that's why I liked it uh, too. Um, actually, the previous director of revenue became the director of sales. And it was an Indian uh, guy, so very strong. Uh, <laughs> I really like him, huh? but uh, yeah, the interaction were not easy. Uh, and um, I had kind of two two, two feedbacks from this leadership role, because I had on one side the reservation team, which I really cared about more like a mother I would say. I wasn't a mother yet and I was like caring about them. They, they were coming out from school and in India, everybody has a yeah complicated way to come to work. Everything is a bit hard even before starting the day at work. So uh, so yeah, I was kind of caring and um, I like this training part of the values of the, of the brand, making sure the reservation uh, uh, path was, uh, was well followed, all those small things to train them at the best for future also for them to grow. And also taking the feedbacks, this training time of uh, on a daily, you know, the daily training that lasted maybe 15 minutes in the department was really important for me to give them the information, but also for them to share what they heard from clients, from guests, Mm -hmm. from from people they had on the phone or uh, within the team itself, ideas, whatever, uh, you name it. And uh, so, so I really like this part of it. And then I had um, uh, two person in revenue in the revenue kind of side of the team. I was a bit uh, more more uh, exigent. How do you say uh, exigent? You know, Noreen, the the word uh, in English.
0: <laughs> no, it's not coming <laughs> to me now. But why don't you explain the situation, and then maybe it will come. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. So revenue, I really I like having a team for them to grow and as well i was a very career oriented person so if they grow i will grow as well (laughs) Uh, so i wanted really to make them ready to take my seat at some point Mm. so i was making sure there were not many Not not any mistakes to really follow the system to you know to understand how everything was working to communicate well with all the other departments to to um to be confident also in the decisions i think that's very important in revenue you you need to to convince other people so a lot of the time well the previous director of revenue and me we're discussing prices in front of the GM and trying to convince him. Uh, so that's a, a big point that I I wanted them to learn and to yeah, to to make sure they were ready uh, to to take the lead on that. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, I had also few. Uh, few difficulties, huh? being a leader in this revenue management team in India, and also uh, with all, all this um, being a female, but also a white female, uh, I didn't want to, you know, to have this bossy kind of uh, cap, how do you say, mm. casket, uh, for, for, for them, so... Uh, I had, I, I felt a few difficulties with sometimes, but at the end, I learned a lot from it. And uh, when I moved to London, I didn't have a team anymore and I really missed it. Um, so I was aiming to, to find a, a, another job with a team because it's something really that I like to, to train, to pass on the knowledge. So, yeah. Delegate delegate well delegate in a good way not to you know to really to teach them no uh... yeah
0: Mm. absolutely I think you know delegation is very much about you know letting go of the control because the opposite of that is being the micromanager and having too Mm -hmm. much control and not trusting your team whereas for me delegate is always I always look at it in a good perspective because it's a meaning that I trust my team i'm sharing the responsibilities with them i'm giving them the autonomy to you know carry out whatever tasks you know that needs to be done and for them to do it in the best way that they believe that they can do it as well you know so mm-hmm. it for me it's very much a a positive um because in that pers- that means that person can grow which is you know what you were saying earlier as well
1: and actually uh, the the other job that i in which I had a team was in Hong Kong when I was working for Cordis in Hong Kong. It was my latest experience uh, in Asia. And I had a team of two person in revenue and two person in e-commerce. So it was an interesting uh, kind of setup, which I really enjoyed. Uh, but when I joined, actually, the two person in revenue were very Autonomous. They were doing all the job that didn't really needed me. So, and the GM told me, you know, actually I'm taking a, I'm I'm opening this, this role, for them to have a a leader, for mm-hmm. them to 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 for for them to be guided or to to have someone who maybe has another kind of um, view on things, and I didn't have the training on e-commerce either. The girl uh, Monique was. Is very knowledgeable in her field. I'm like, uh, what I'm going to bring you. Uh, so <laughs> I did also a, a e-training uh, at EHL about e-commerce to be able also to uh, to ask her questions to to you know to 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 make her think. In another way, on what she was doing, but she was very knowledgeable and very good in her field. Uh, but at the end, it was a whole team work together, sitting together, bringing her also another view on not only on e-commerce but the impact it has on revenue, on the sales department, making every everything you know uh, coordinate everything together, and. Um, and also to bring another perspective to those four four persons uh, that I'm still in touch with uh, here and there, you know, when yeah. there are uh, birthdays and and stuff like that. So it's always nice.
0: No, I yeah, think yes. I, yeah, I believe also the as a leader, that's what we're there to do is that to bring another perspective and to help. <laughs> others think in another way that they may not see it and also to just look at it from the big picture like you were saying what is the impact on other departments and other teams and how this whole you know the hotel itself how it all operates and how it all comes together and what role we have to play in each one of them mm. yeah and so have you always been in, in revenue um till uh, Till recently, like, you know, with all these um, hotel brands that you were working with?
1: Yeah, I was still working on revenue. Uh, I'm not an operation people person. Uh, when you were saying you, you like to interact with guests in FNB, in India, I was head of uh, department. So I had to do those, uh, you know, HOD uh, night shift. And I was always until 11pm or something. So I was always like hiding in my office. <laughs> It was on minus one. I'm like like that, waiting with my phone on, like, oh, I hope there will not be any guests asking for the HRD, please, please. So I was never this kind of operation person, I think. Um, I never had any issues uh, being an HOD in India, so that was great. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I stayed in revenue. And when I came back to France, I joined it, uh, Accor, uh, in Icimolino near Paris, in the revenue team as well. Uh, yeah, I always liked it. I find this department uh, being a bit strategic. and um, And yeah, no, no, I, I stay there and since I, I'm not interested in other kind of departments, so yeah, that's why I also uh, decided to, to move out of it for now um, and, uh, and doing something else which because I also like this kind of uh, training, educating and um, sharing experience, all this stuff. So, so yeah.
0: Oh, that's really great. And, you know, you you clearly have moved around a lot and moving across various different cultures and, you know, you've Mm -hmm. got a mixed uh, background as well. What was it like kind of moving between cultures? And I think also when we work in hospitality, you're also interacting with people, in different cultures on a day-to-day basis in your work. Um, How was it for you interacting with various cultures on a day-to-day basis?
1: I think it started uh, in my studies itself. When I was studying in France, I I joined a school that was two years diploma in France and then two years in a foreign country. So I ended my studies in Spain. So I started very young to... uh, to deal with other nationalities and to and to interact with other people uh, with different culture which i really enjoyed if not i wouldn't have this international career um, and after spain i really enjoyed my uh, my uh, my time working at deloitte in spain i kept a, i kept a really good friend from there so uh, so i'm very glad for that as well And then when I moved to Singapore and all my experience until France, everybody, all the cultures are different, yes, but they all had this kind of English way of working, Uh, maybe American as well. I worked for uh, American companies. Um, And so it was in the professional kind of side of it, it was not that different because I think the, English kind of where working was always the same. Mm. Um, And then in the day-to-day life, well, yeah, it was not the same living in Singapore as compared to living in India. But uh, both were very fine. I learned a lot from both uh, and I really enjoyed it. I mean, I had a really good time in Singapore, and at different ages, you know, in Singapore we're still young and, <laughs> and traveling a lot. Then in India, I'm speaking with my husband, but uh, we 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 started to we had a lot of friends as well, but we started to think of wedding. We were working a lot in India, but kind of enjoying it, and uh, and then yeah, in London. In London, uh, it was a, a big pool of international person working at Hilton. So it was a great experience being all in the same office because mm. it's RMCC. So they have a, the whole office in Watford, Watford. Uh, working for, for Europe uh, itself. So all nationalities were there, I think. Mm. So <laughs> it's great. You, you You have a team of... You are working with a small team of four or five people, but we come from so many backgrounds, uh, so many different countries. So yeah, I kind of really enjoyed it. And I adapted all the time very well. And it's funny because when I left Accor in France, it was my first real experience, professional experience in France. And my boss told me, I don't think you adapted quite well in France. And I'm like, yeah, actually you're right. It's so sad. I adapted so well in all those countries. And when I worked in France, I'm like, ah, I can't work here. (laughs) I don't know why it's it's so French. I don't have anything against French people, but the way of working, is a bit old school for me and uh, hard to change things Mm -hmm. or have another or make a point on a different way of looking at things. Um, very hard to change the mentality in France. It's working well. huh? Maybe there was nothing to change, but just opening up new ideas or bringing something, it was always a bit difficult to, to put across. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, still, I have very... Two very good friends from this team that I stayed in touch with. I really enjoyed working with my boss too. Uh, it was a really nice experience. But but yeah, I think France working in France for me was maybe the hardest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I it's always, weird, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. Like, you know, I, I lived in the UK for like 15 years, but I never worked with a fully British team. Like I've always worked With a multicultural team, I think it doesn't matter where I go. I'll always need to be in a multicultural environment because I don't, you know, because in that case, what happens is everyone's a bit more in a, you know, I'm flexible, I'm adaptable type of mindset. And that kind of becomes another culture of its own, right? Because yes, perhaps there will be one culture, say English, you know, being, you know, a sort of subculture as being the main thing. But I think that that concept of flexibility is more prevalent when you're in a multicultural environment as well
1: yeah true
0: um and so you know you talked about you know when you started your podcast you know it was important for you to kind of give back the smile and you know reconnect and keeping up relations you know even yesterday I was talking about you know the importance of of networking and how you know especially we as women we need to definitely you know, not only do it, but also get better at it. Um, So what can, what advice can you give on, on networking? And, you know, how do you do that? If it's something that perhaps you're not very good at.
1: (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Networking was never my, my favorite thing. Uh, But I think one of the advice is to, um, how do you say it in English? But Aussie. I think it's there to dare mm-hmm. contacting someone. If the person is not at the good time when he receives your email or your call, then he will tell you. Uh, mm-hmm. But do it and just see what happens. Uh, don't be ashamed. It was very hard for me to, well, it was not hard for me to reconnect with the people I, I worked with and for my podcast, but hard to ask them like oh would you do me this favor (laughs) for the interview and stuff at the end everybody was very happy to do it because it's bringing them also something for them and they're they're happy to do it they're happy that people would listen to the stories they're happy to speak and to talk um and they're happy to reconnect as well I need to, to, to contact them again, but I will, I will uh, take the advantage of New Year's Eve to, to reconnect with all of them. Uh, so yeah, networking um, in the professional side of it, uh, I think it's important, but you still need to stay authentic. If you are looking for something, just say it. Mm-hmm. In India, when I came, it took me like three or four months to find a job. Because in India, you have very good Indian per- people. You don't need a foreigner that costs more expensive. Uh, so it was very hard for me to find something. It's not because I was asking for more money. It's just for the visa purpose. Um, but I contacted uh, a person that, uh, that I knew at school. He came for, for a class and I stayed in touch with him. He's an Indian working at Intercontinental now, uh, Vivek, and he helped me to find this job. I mean, and we stayed in touch after and all this stuff. And, and uh, so, so you just need to be authentic, honest on what you're looking for. And if it's just taking news, it's I I, I would advise not to to. Stay keep the networking going even if you're not looking for anything. It's like don't just uh, um, uh, reconnect with someone when you need something. Just try to keep it alive and if one day you need something then for sure it will be easier to ask for it and I'm quite good. I, I was always living in a foreign country so I'm quite good in staying in touch with my friends and i think i think it's the same kind of thing for the networking just stay in touch with the person you like because i enjoy working with everyone so just stay, being able to stay in touch take the time to you know to give a like on linkedin when something happens in their lives or put a comment and because you're interested i do it because i'm interested and i really like their post or whatever it's not just doing, doing it for doing it it's really yeah taking the time to know what your network is uh is up up to yeah
0: now I completely agree with the that fear at the beginning when I was asking people to be on the podcast mm-hmm. I was so nervous and so shy and I was like oh my god why they're, they're never gonna say yes to this but you know like you said you know that people are always you know you know happy to do it and it's also really nice that someone wants to hear their story right so it's just yeah after a while it definitely got easier but i remember the first mm. couple of times i mean i think it probably took me a good year before i felt like i had something to offer as well yeah. so i understand <laughs> And I think because I didn't really answer
1: the question for women in particular, but mm-hmm. I think I sometimes say, "Would a man care of contacting this person?" No. So I, why should I care? Okay, let me do it too. So yeah, I think uh, I think it's it's just uh, putting yourself in some other, maybe a man's shoes at at some point and be like, "Okay,
0: will a man care?" No. Nope let's do it (laughs) you're absolutely right Um, and any other learnings that you can share you know things about things that we know about ourselves today you know we didn't know five years ago ten years ago um that you've experienced over your career so far um yeah I would say um
1: it's something that uh, came to me uh, not well, maybe a few years back, but uh, for me, uh, I, I I think I we don't have only one professional life in our lives. I'm very fond of the idea of learning new things and maybe bouncing on something else afterwards. Um, and uh, and i like to say to other people that can maybe work for 10 years in the same company and because they're comfortable and no you know i'm i'm with them for long it doesn't matter if i don't get a a promotion or no i will stay with them and then at some point the company just won't need you anymore and they just, just will fire you without a, a blink of an eye so I always think like, okay, think about what you really want to do. Um can you afford to do it? Because of course there is a money kind of thing behind it. But I think the life is always adaptable behind it. You 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 can manage like new projects if you put the good things like on the um, it's it's very confused in my head, but I hope you will understand it. It's just that put i I'm putting things ahead to be able to 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 do my project uh, afterwards. so I don't have kind of a I created my own company now, but I don't have that many projects, but I manage to have enough to have the life I want, and I'm very happy about it if i don't earn like thousands of, uh, of dollars a month or whatever doesn't matter i will have I, I will just have enough to be able to to live the way i want to live and uh, and be happy and just enjoy enjoy life and just uh, yeah take that usually when you are working you are like oh i want to quit i want to change and because of the, uh, of the way the companies are working, you, you don't have the time to look for something else. You don't have the time to sit and to think of what I would like to do, actually. <laughs> so I would say take the time, uh, I don't know, maybe by taking a few holidays here and there and just to sit and think of what really makes you happy, what you would like to do in your life. Maybe it's the job you are doing and fine, perfect, even better. It means you're happy in your professional and personal life. Amazing. But if not, yeah, just sit back, think about it and and just do it.
0: Yeah, I think in, in COVID, you know, it finally forced a lot of people to stop and do that, you know, take mm-hmm. the time and think and sit, you know, but I think it's so important that we should do that continuously throughout our lives and just have mm-hmm. that check-in I remember hearing from someone that there's a person every five years they do like a mini retirement right they they were like you're saying you put all the things in place or ahead of you mm-hmm. so that you have that ability to do that project or whatever you want to achieve and then you do it and then you come back and you start again and you know every five years you, you take that moment to to think about so I think what you're saying there makes makes a lot of sense so thank you for sharing that. Mm. And does every mostly... five years
1: retirement is amazing. Yeah,
0: a mini retirement.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then when you are really in retirement you're like, "Wow, I've done so many things in my life." Exactly. <laughs> and the granddaughters and grandchildren are like, "Okay, I heard this story already I 10 so times." Many times.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, they're going to be that annoying person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, speaking of people, I will move on to my final question and ask mm-hmm. you who inspires you? So, uh,
1: I was prepared for this question, I have to say. <laughs> so I think the first inspiration for me are my kids, because I really, um, I made a point in my personal life to lead by example. Um, and I think the first person I would need to give the good example to are my kids. So I really want to be the person I would like them to become as well. Um, so I try to be at my best for them. So I think that's why they are my inspiration. They're very little still, but you know, they're, uh, when they're when they're little, they understand everything already. Um, And then uh, I think uh, in my professional life, I like like to read the book uh, from Sheryl Sandberg. So Lean In. I was Mm -hmm. in India at the time. I think it brought me another way of looking at how women, uh, well, yeah, should sit at the table and uh, bring their ideas uh, at the table, not be ashamed, not to be scared uh of things and um and yeah so i, I will say uh cheryl Sandberg for for this book for her resilience uh when also uh with her other book option b and uh and yeah follow follow this kind of path of uh of yeah, be, being uh convinced that we are we are enough. Uh, we we are good, uh, as good as as men. and we are equal. It's just that so, so few people think think that,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good one. And I think it's very important to remind ourselves mm-hmm. of that constantly that we are enough and we mm-hmm. have a right to be at this table. And yes, sometimes we'll find ourselves in situations where we start to question that, but just never remember that. Uh, never forget, sorry that we are enough and we deserve to be here. So thank you for that reminder and thank you for sharing your story with us today.
1: (laughs) Thank you very much, Noreen. I hope it was fine, (laughs) but I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much for listening. I hope you were as inspired as I was by that story. Please follow us here and on LinkedIn where I post videos of the recordings Stay tuned for many more stories of inspiring women in hospitality.